I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And today we watched uh, Studio Ghibli and Hayao Miyazaki's uh, movie Spirited Away, the other most popular one, which I didn't do on purpose because I think the last Ghibli movie we covered was... Was uh, no, we did do Pompoco. We did do that between, which isn't as well known. Yes, um, but yeah, it's just it's random. Um, <laughs> but yes, we watched this today. I don't believe this was the first time any of us had seen this movie. It's been uh, a while, though, for me. Yeah, no, it's been years, certainly. Who wants to do a spoiler-free plot synopsis? I can do it. I say immediately. Yeah, about it. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, okay. Okay, so uh, a family is on their way, moving to a new house. The daughter is is sad that she has to, you know, leave what she had known. Uh, on their way to the new house, the father takes a wrong turn, uh, but keeps but he keeps going because apparently he's just that way. They uh, kind of venture down a tunnel, and the the daughter Chihiro. Is not about it, but they keep going, uh, discover what he thinks is an amusement park, discover a little town, and they decide to eat there. Uh, Even though they can't find anybody to pay for the food, the parents eat and the daughter doesn't. Mom's like, we'll pay for it when they show up. Yeah. So (laughs) the the daughter's kind of waiting. She then looks around, thinks this place is weird. Um, And as she kind of goes forward into the town. She meets a boy who's like, you need to go. You shouldn't be here. Get your parents and go. So she goes to get them and they are pigs. Uh, Turns out they... Literal. Yeah, literal pigs. (laughs) They were turned into pigs. Uh, They are in some sort of spirit world and this Chihiro has to figure out a way to get home, save her parents uh, without getting turned into a pig or Or otherwise eaten. Yeah. Yeah. So they've been spirited away. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's it. You did it. <laughs> the movie ended. We're done. <laughs> you were not in the movie, so that doesn't. Oh, okay. Podcast ended. <laughs> um, I already said the name of the movie, though. Oh, that's right. Anyways. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, that's pretty much what it is about. And um, this, I think it's worth saying... After its release, this became the most successful film in Japanese history, even beating Titanic, which had done very well in Japan as it did over here. Oh, um, interesting. So it did very well. Um, wow. It won Best Animated Feature at the 2003 Academy Awards, which is just one of many awards that won at many different, yeah. um, many different. What, what would you call them? Um, award shows. Sure, award shows, stuff like that. Yeah, it, it swept awards. It's it, recognized. Yes. <laughs> it, the Academy Awards film. isn't the end-all be-all, but, yeah. you know, it's the thing that most of my audience is most likely to recognize. You um, we don't know. But yeah, it's generally considered How to be... How did it do huh? in the Nick Awards? How did it do in the MTV Awards? I don't know. I'm done. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did, did you have more awards no. that you wanted to? No, that's all VH1, maybe? No, if each one of them awards, that's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's I'm the one being absurd here right now. <laughs> yes. Um, but yes, suffice to say, it's a very well-regarded movie. Mm-hmm. It is 
arguably his most well-known work. I think My Neighbor Totoro had been, maybe, that or Kiki's, I don't know. Um, but but at this point, I believe Spirited Away is, is probably his most well-known work because it even got the recognition here in the States at the Academy Awards and, and such. I don't know. That's um, an interesting assumption. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly one of the ones that is most up there when um, people talk about great Miyazaki movies. For They'll sure. be like, this one, Howl's Moving Castle, My Neighbor Totoro. Like, exactly. Those are the ones that'll be mentioned. Yes. Um, but yeah, so uh, without getting into specifics, obviously, uh, would we recommend this movie? Everyone else seems to like it, but would we recommend it? <laughs> That's what ultimately matters here on our podcast. Mm-hmm. This is true. I would. <laughs> I really loved it. Yeah, of course. It was It was great. I'm going to be the... Con- no, I'm just kidding. It's, it's amazing. I love this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's so good. Um, yeah, I don't know how you couldn't love this movie. No judgment to you if you don't, but it's a great movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked... Uh, I, w- I would say that this has more of a story i guess than totoro did certainly like so, my neighbor like, totoro is more like a that's like an experience yeah like a, whereas this is gonna live in this time right this now. is also an experience in a way but it's it's certainly a, a character journey of like a, a girl being put into a situation and having to survive and get through it yeah um it's good yeah no it yeah it's great are you just not gonna breathe until <laughs> Let's get specific. So let's start talking about the story, the characters, uh, voice acting, if we want. Um, There's, you're going to be tempted to say a lot of things about animation because it's so tied into some of these things, but try to mostly keep the animation notes for the animation section. Um, They were the majority of my notes because, yeah, but... Okay. The, yeah. Uh, um, my first not, definitely not animated one was just, why is the dad like this? Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, yes. I, I, I wasn't a big fan of the parents because I'm just like, are you, are you kidding me? I mean, I don't know. I, to me, if you want to be that reckless, don't do it with your child. <laughs> I don't I, know. I, yeah, I thought... I, I, it's very funny that the wife is like, this is what always happens. You yeah. just like, keep going. Uh, but I liked that they're like, let's go do this thing. And the wife is just like, okay. Yeah. Like you, you're like, you get a sense of, Oh, okay. You're like, it's not happenstance that you're with him. You guys are both kind of of a mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what I didn't like though, is that the mom, I felt like she should have been more caring. She's oh, yeah. like, I'm going to trip if you cling to me like that rather than like, Oh, you're scared. Like let's hold hands and like take this together. And as they're like walking over some uh, stones or something, the parents do it, and then Chihita's in the back, like s- like slowly like doing it with more care or more concern. But they kind of leave her a little bit. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It was and and funny. and thinking too is if she had you know they're like just stayed the car. If if she had stayed the car, she never oh, would no. have seen them again. Oh no, you're right. I mean, it's That's like very then, true. Yeah, and then she was like scared they were just going to go on without her. But I guess what I mean is, if you're just <laughs> going to push into danger or an unknown, I just think that's very reckless to do with your family. Yeah, like bring the car to the house, drop her off, and then go check it out. I guess if yeah. you want. Yeah, it's like oh, that was a cool place. We should check that out later. I don't right. know, but obviously the movie doesn't 
believe that they are doing the best job as parents either, given their, yeah. what karmically they, they get, so. Yeah. Yeah. But so I guess yeah, it I, is, yeah. No, I was just gonna no, say. No, I can't say what I was gonna say. Yeah, well, I was just gonna say, so, so I, as far as characters, I feel like the uh, parents were very lacking in in being uh, responsible and good parents, uh, but I absolutely loved um, Chihiro. She she was a, about what age would you say? I mean, she she's seems 10. very young. She's ten. She's ten. Okay. Yeah. Like objectively, yeah, she's ten. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, she just was a very very typical. I mean, well, I would have been terrified too, but I mean, poor thing. I just really I, felt I can her. tell you why I know that she's ten because Miyazaki wrote the script after he decided the film would be based on the ten-year-old daughter of his friend Seiji Okuda, the movie's associate producer, who came to visit his house each summer. Yeah, ah, that's neat. Also, I'd like to say that for inspiration, he read shoujo manga magazines like Nakayoshi and Ribbon that girls had left at the cabin, but felt they only offered subjects on crushes and romance. When looking at his young friends, Miyazaki felt that was not what they held dear in their hearts and decided to produce the film uh, the film about a young heroine whom they could look up to instead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Aww. Good on them. Yes. Speaking of crushes and romance, I'll say it before yeah, you Yeah, nice segue. I thought Haku was dreamy. <laughs> yeah. I put Haku is so nice, OMG. <laughs> they were way too young, though, to have a little romance, because I was like, what? Mom, get out of here. <laughs> ten, They're ten, Ten-year-olds can definitely have a little romance, okay? <sighs> yeah. There's all sorts of, like, playground crushes and, like, this is my boyfriend, and it's like... Obviously, it doesn't mean the same as when you're older, but... but that yeah, is like true. Feelings, they were adorable. Feelings, feelings of, of liking somebody or, like, feeling a certain way about somebody. Like, that's not, like, too young. Yeah, and spoilers, it's not like they kiss or anything. Like, it's not like they... It's, it's other spoiler. Oh, Don't be a prude, Mom. But... They were adorable. Yeah, he comes in and he's like, you gotta go. It's like... What? And then he, uh, and then, uh, spoiler, she doesn't get out. Uh, and then he comes for her as she's crying and he's like, here, this is for you. Like, you need to eat this so that you can not disappear. And it's like, yeah. oh my gosh, why are you so nice? Yeah. I know. Yeah. So sweet. Well, to be fair, I did have a boyfriend in kindergarten. <laughs> wow, mom. So you're, so you're trying to judge this 10 year old. Yeah. 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 Just, yeah. We like to play house, and I and I think I told you I, I played the dog because I like being the dog. So yes. <laughs> and did that guy ever save you from spirits? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Plus, was, it's not like the whole movie was like about. It wasn't a romance, and no. like you see in a lot of movies, anyways. No, so. but just like the interactions early but on, no. like he's so dreamy. Yeah, you meet Haku, and you're like, I I get it. I understand why anyone would like this boy. Yeah. Uh-huh. When when Chihiro has to start going down the stairs and she's like super slowly descending them, I was like, "Yeah, I get it, girl. Oh, <laughs> Heights man, are terrifying. I, so I, I understand." Oh man, I could so relate. I mean, there has been many a hill that I've ha- I've had to slide and sit and slide on my hiney. So man, I could so relate. <laughs> and that plays well later in the film. Uh, yes, when she shows more kind of courage. Um, so that was a good kind of scene to set 
to contrast later. Yeah, I mean, we can specifically mention it because it's not in the spoiler section. But yeah, like, she's super cautious about going down those stairs up, up until the mildly comedic but also terrifying thing where a stair breaks and she just like runs slides down, down. Yeah. slides oh, yeah. and then yeah, runs right. down them and slams into a wall. Um, but yeah, later in the film, she's again in a kind of precarious situation where she needs to get to a ladder. Then the only like way that can be seen to get to it is like crossing this small little pipe and she just like books it across there and stuff. Yeah. And you're like, yes, growth. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Definitely. Although I would like to say that Miyazaki said this isn't a story in which the characters grow up, but a story in which they draw on something already inside them brought out by the particular circumstances. I want my young friends to live like that, and I think they too have such a wish. Aww. Miyazaki's good. <laughs> um, also, just in regards because um, the about the spirits and stuff, um, and my he put he said. In my grandparents' time, it was believed that kami existed everywhere, in trees, rivers, insects, wells, anything. My generation does not believe this, but I like the idea that we should all treasure everything because spirits might exist there, and we should treasure everything because there's a kind of life to everything. Yeah. Which I think is definitely a sensibility that you feel permeate the film. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we see a return of the sit sprites. They eat candy stars. Oh, I yes, loved little- them so much. <laughs> they have little armies and little leggies and they're so cute. Yes, I think this is maybe the only film of his, of, of Miyazaki's, not Studio Ghibli's, but of Miyazaki's that has a sort of crossover like that of like these spirits are in both. I don't know. Hmm? I don't know. The only other Ghibli film I can think of that has that there's an actual sequel is like The Cat Returns, but I haven't actually watched those movies. Does that count as a crossover? I feel like they're like so such a base mythos. Well, yeah, sure, but I mean they're a base mythos, but it's his specific interpretation of them as these just little balls with little eyeballs. That's like it's though that's that specific design. Even if they also have the long limbs, like it's still essentially that same exact design, which isn't something you necessarily see in most of his movies that he carries over like that. Okay, yeah, I was trying to think. I'm not saying it's a crossover and that like Ah. these definitely take place in the same world necessarily, but just like these spirits are in both things and behave and are are basically the same sort of thing, even if they're put to different purposes. Yep. Yeah, I was trying to see if they're in Mononoke, but it doesn't look like I it. don't believe so. No, yeah. no, They sure were strong. I don't know how they lifted those big things because she barely I mean, they're just strong. I, yeah. know. I don't know. Like like little ants, I guess, where they can carry uh, something like that. Yeah, but they were so cute. And I loved how they kept her shoes for her. And oh, I just loved them. Yeah, it was so funny whenever they were like, uh, this is so heavy after the f- she carried the first one's uh, coal. They're, they're yes. like, oh, let's all drop it. She'll just take it. Yes, that was hilarious. Um, but yeah, in that scene, Kuraji, the arm guy, super cool. He's like yes. a spider dude and he's yes. awesome. Yes. <laughs> he also like his, his face makes me think a little bit of uh, Eggman because he's got glasses and a big mustache. Yeah. Yeah. And, a, and no hair on the top of his head. But he's a lot nicer than Eggman is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and is Spider-Man. Yes. Um, and then Lynn shows up. Yes, she does. Um, 
She gave, even when I was a young kid, she gave me intense lesbian feels, even if I didn't know what the, that that's what that was at the time. <laughs> but um, I like Lynn. <laughs> uh, she was great. Yeah. She's just got such a, a fun personality. Yeah. Um, and also it helps that I, I know I saw the dub when I was younger, the, the English uh, dub. And she's voiced in the English dub by Susan Egan, who did um, Megara and Hercules. And I just really love Susan Egan's voice, like, a lot. So, but yeah, she's fun. And then she takes Chihiro into the greater kind of world of of what's in this bathhouse. Yeah, so we learn humans have a smell uh, if they haven't eaten the food there. Uh, Oh, the, uh, the big squeaky kami i guess or spirit the radish spirit is that what he was yeah with the red hat yes yes, yes. i liked his little noises his feet made yes the foley was good here oh um, we'll lots of good foley in here but we'll yes it sounds later but yes uh i liked him so question was lynn lynn was human too wasn't she no she was i think they're all i think everyone else in there was spirits mm. of okay. some kind or another because okay. she's she's also the daughter of uh, Kamaji, daughter, right? Is he? Is she? He said something about that when she we when she first showed up. I no, he said that Chihiro she... was his granddaughter. Chihiro. No, Chihiro. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. He said Chihiro was his granddaughter, and when could Lynn she find work for her? Oh, her. did I read that wrong? I think you did. Huh. Oh, oh. But I can see where. Maybe he was talking to Sh- to Chihiro about Lynn. That that maybe Lynn's the granddaughter. Is that what you? Yeah. Thought? I I I interpret it as he's like, oh, this girl's my granddaughter. She needs a job. Yeah, that's how I did too. That he was trying to protect Chihiro. Huh. Yeah. I believe you. Um, let's move on. <laughs> um, oh, here's your nice and dreamy line. When uh, Lynn warned against Haku, you were like, but he's so nice and dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. Uh, Kamaji. That's Kamaji. Yeah. K-A-M-A-J-I. I was saying it wrong. When when he put the blanket over Chihiro later, uh-huh. that was oh, precious that was... some very nice subtle characterization for him yes oh so they go up to the top floor which is super fancy and they get to and, and there we get to see yubaba who's hit yeah she's... she's a very big lady yes just very large all around mm-hmm. and wrinkly yes <laughs> and her, her baby's kind of scary <laughs> Well, we don't really meet the baby then, though. But yeah, we do meet the baby later, and it's just a giant baby whose butts out all the time. Mm-hmm. What did you say at one point? Oh, he's Neza. Yeah, he has he has Neza's fashion sense. Yeah, yeah. Butt out. <laughs> yeah, he looked like he looked like a sumo rest- wrestler. Sure, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We meet all them, and she's basically the main antagonist of the film. I don't know if I'd ultimately call her a villain or not. It's a little gray a little bit, but um, yeah, she she causes the most problems, I think, in the film. Yeah. Um, for, for our protagonist, certainly. Oh, we haven't even talked about No-Face, who just keeps kind of showing up for a while. Oh, yeah. She sees him when she crosses the bridge. Uh, I thought No-Face was a spy for Yubaba at first or something. No, he's just some other spirit guy. Yeah. 
who like notices Chihiro and then keeps seeing what she's up to. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> tries to give her things. Uh, his whole reaction when he tried to give her gold and she didn't want to. And she's like, <laughs> like oh, just I know. not understanding. Yes, yes. It's like, everybody wants this. Yeah. Why Should don't it, you want this? Yes, yes. Oh, Look I how know. much of it I'm giving you. Yeah. I, I think should probably ultimately save it for spoilers so that we can talk about the totality of the character, but No-Face is a very interesting character, to say the least, and I think open to interpretation in an interesting way, which I think is true of a lot of the characters in here. It's an interesting movie. Yes. Apparently, according to this wiki, uh-huh. uh, she's a spirit of the white fox. Neat. Uh, Lynn is. I wonder if that was wonder if that was in some art book or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what it says. Yeah, yeah. That's neat. Yeah, she there she looks go. human and and most of the uh the other workers, even the other ladies that um share their most of the ladies with, looked human, most of the guys looked frog-like. But they but the ladies looked less human than Lynn. They looked they looked out of proportion. Sure. Though I mean she is one of the characters that we're supposed to care about, so you tend to want to be closer to human for characters that the audience is supposed to care about. That's just, uh, that's just writing. (laughs) (laughs) And especially in a film that has so many characters that are far from human, you want to kind of limit the amount of them if that you want the audience to care about, I guess. But yeah, it's basically recognize. it's basically a rule of visual storytelling that like the, the part of the reason that protagonists tend to be like the attractive smooth-skinned ones is because they're supposed to be less detailed. It's easier for the audience to relate to them that way, and the more specifically detailed the character is, the less an audience is able to relate to them, which is why in a lot of shows like One Piece, the villains tend to be really specific designs Mm -hmm. and the heroes are, are a bit more loose, are a bit more, you know, they just, they look like normal people more so than the villains. And so, yeah, in this movie you have, you know, you have Chihiro who's just like a fairly normal looking little girl. And then you have on the other end of the scale, Yubaba who's like hyper detailed skin and, and everything puts this distance between you and the character that is obviously very intentional because she is one of the more complicated and antagonistic characters of the film. So yeah, storytelling. It was a great and interesting and compelling story. It kept me engaged. So, I mean, the whole time. Yeah. Oh, Ben, so when um, later in the movie, the uh, baby and the like weird bird that had Yubaba's face got turned into a little teeny burp and a mouse. And then after that, Baby Mouse looking so sad when his mom didn't recognize him. Yes. I <laughs> know. Was... Oh. Well, and I also love how the little, um, the bird stayed, wanted to stay the little bug or the... Yeah, they, they both seem to like those forms, definitely. Yeah, that was, they were so precious. Yes, they were much more endearing in those forms, too. <laughs> yes, yes. And and I loved when they were on their one of their quests where the baby 
wanted to not be carried. Well, the the little bird thing couldn't carry it. And then it, and then she was said, you can ride on my shoulder. And the baby just in the little, was it a little hamster? It's a little mouse. A mouse form. Maybe a rat. Uh, I, I called it a mouse, but mouse or rat, one of the two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just tried to walk on its own. That was just precious. Just showing some independence there, but yeah. Uh, but I just love the character. I, I love the the character development. I definitely feel like uh, Chihiro grew as a character, but I think her story, I can't even fathom what I would do in that position. I mean, it's just terrifying to be the thought of being put in the spirit world and, you know, just having to literally survive. So she definitely stepped up to the plate, <laughs> you know, poor yeah, thing. Yeah, definitely. Anything else with non-spoiler story characters voice acting? Um, well, other than Haku's journey was very interesting and well done. Yeah, he his is more of like a mystery of unraveling like what his character and motivations are. Because you get such an interesting sense of who he is when you first meet him which is then turned on its head a little bit when he's met after she talks to you, Baba. Yeah. And so then you're like, what is this guy? What's he about? And and yeah, that's, it's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, ultimately it's from Chihiro's uh, point of view. So you're like, oh, I met him as this really nice guy. And thankfully she knows enough not to kind of tip her hand whenever they meet with you, Baba. But then after he's still kind of distant but then he comes back again. He's like, I'm going to, you know, bring you to your family. So, yeah, he's yeah. very good. He's very dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Let's move on then to animation. I have a good amount of notes here. Um, my first one is takes us back early into the film. The, the backseat view of parents driving was nostalgic to me. Yeah. Like her just sitting in the backseat and like looking up at the parents driving. It's like, yeah, I, there's a there's a spot way back in my memory uh, or in my vague recollection of like being a child and in that particular viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was neat. Even when the dad was zooming down the road and everything flying in the car, um, that was very realistic. Yeah. Why did he? Why He's does he just like away. that? <laughs> why are you going fast down this road, my dude? <sighs> the environments are so immaculately detailed. Yeah, um, I have I have some computer backgrounds that are just like shots from this movie with the gorgeous backgrounds that are in it. Yeah, it's just gorgeous. Um, and really pulls you in and sells you on this world. Kamaji looks really cool and is animated really neatly with yes. his multiple arms and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love those burb uh, spirits in the water. Oh, the little like duck looking guys. I'd say like chick, like baby chickens. Something like that. They're just yeah. yellow. and But in... they're giant. Yes. And yeah, they're just like in the water and just bobbing there. And I'm like, mm, yeah, and I'm pretty sure I have a, uh, a computer background of that too. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, they must have had really fun just designing all of these yeah, spirits. Because they're all so and neat. Pulling also from from their history and their beliefs. Certainly, yes. Um, 
Yes. No, I mean, the, the the flowers, the nature is so pretty. Like, starting with the flowers, the bouquet that she had. Yes. Looked really nice. The little note from her friend. Yes. And then going through, you know, driving down that back road that's very nature-y. Uh, and then transitioning. The designs of the little town that they go to. Yeah. Uh, of and- course, the bathhouse itself. <laughs> yes. And then, like... The town, you see it during the day when it's very quiet, and then as night comes, it transitions, and it's so much more lively. Um, So, like, the lighting and things like that. I mean, it's just a gorgeous film. Yes. It is. And the the shadows, the movements, the colors, just the detail like y'all are talking about. But also, even the detail um, with the shadows. Like, I'm not quite sure if I understand who the shadow people on the trains were, or they just... Are they just spirits going home? So they're not... I'm not sure. I think it's fairly safe to say that you aren't supposed to have any concrete, discernible idea. Like, it's not like, it's definitely this. And there's, like, a particular way to interpret it. I think it is purposefully left open to interpretation. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. But yeah, it was beautiful. And of course, the movement. And I know we've talked about this in... Totoro uh, with uh, with May, um, her movements, but Chihiro, her movements. And again, we talked about her going down the stairs when she was initially and just all of it was just... Her little uh, tap of her shoe as she puts her shoes on to go. Yes, yes. Just, just the little details like that. Yeah. And, and also, I really appreciate, and I think I've mentioned this before, I love how the characters get dirty. So like her knees are dirty or, or when she's doing something, then she's actually, she's actually dirty. Um, Unlike, you know, so many other films, you know, they're crawling around, they're doing something, but yet you can't ever, it never registers and you, it never shows. So I just love those kinds of little details. It's just amazing. Just absolutely beautiful animation. Uh, And then, yeah, you mentioned Shahido. Uh, in the beginning, like they showed her really timid and they like communicated all of that through body language. It was very good. Another character, no face was always fun to kind of see what they were doing with him as he was like just in their beginning. And then it's really he... dainty legs. Yeah. Oh I yeah. Know, he I know. Dirty. I know. <laughs> yeah. And, and the then... little teeny, almost T-Rex arms. Yes. 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 Oh, oh, voice acting I missed with no face. His little grunts were so funny and just a little unsettling. Uh-huh. As uh-huh. Yeah, as he's yeah. trying to give her things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like, I'm okay, thank you. Yeah. It's yeah. like almost cute, but also kind of unnerving, which yes. is like totally what it's supposed to be. Uh, oh, yeah, the, the stink god slash river god coming in. Like, being super gross, and then all of their reactions. Like, felt really gross. All of their reactions to him. Like, oh, man. Chihiro and Yubaba, especially. Like, like, yes. They have such good, like... And and also, I put um, earlier, like, when she's crying, and there's, like, these big globs of tears yes. that aren't necessarily realistic. But that, and, like, the way that she, like, stands up straight and a shiver goes through her and stuff. Those things aren't realistic, but but you really feel them. And you're like, yes, I relate to the realness of this feeling. Yeah. 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 They're, they're, yeah, just really good at communicating that sort of thing through body language, um, through the animation with with all of that. 
I like the the head guys. Like the rolly, <laughs> jumpy head guys. Like her pets? Question mark? <laughs> I don't know what their deal is, but I, I like don't. them. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, they, they were oh, they were something else. They were something else. <laughs> I mean, the way that this, they rolled around. Yes. This alludes back to storytelling, kind of a combination. But when you were talking about her sobbing and even shaking her body, it, it was so well written because it was so well placed. I mean, she was just in survival mode. And it's not until I think that you have a second and someone gives you that empathy. I mean, it's almost like if I am really emotionally wrought and it's when someone is like, are you okay or whatever, that then you're like, oh my gosh, you know, then you can't hold it in anymore. Yeah. And so when- As she just, she's like taking the small bites of the food and like, the tears start forming and she manages to finish the food and then she just like wails. I know. And then, yeah, Haku though. Yeah. Being so, so yeah. Kind. And then, yeah, her just not being able to contain it anymore. That was just so realistic and so heart wrenching, but just so well-written. So, so well-placed in the story. Oh, um, during the first meeting with Yubaba, where she's like got her big fingernails like pressing into Chihiro's neck. Yes. Very intimidating. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like they did a really good job at making Yubaba's just such an interesting character with how terrifying she can be, but then she's not always like that. And it's she's a woman of mystery and intrigue. Yeah, I know. I'd say she's very mm, pragmatic. Yeah. And also, but also definitely doesn't like humans. Yeah, but uh, but she like has these rules. So she's like, she asked, and it's like I have this dumb rule. Yeah, like she tries to scare her out of having asked. Yes, yes. But like when she when she refuses to budge, she ultimately is like, I have to do it. Well, that and her baby started crying, and so well, she's yes. like, this is this is more important than me getting her out of here, right? Like, I have other ways to 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 deal with her, like again pragmatic. Like I'll do. De- I got to deal with my baby first. So like, yes, sign this, and and then I'll give you a really bad job of, of cleaning this big tub and dealing with this stinky customer. Yeah, <laughs> I liked the baby room. By the way, <laughs> it was a cool baby room. <laughs> I was like, those are such big stuffed animals and toys. Yeah, but it's like it's a big baby. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. It's like it kicks through the door. What a grumpy baby. I know. And I like how so much when things were destroyed, how uh, Yababa could just magic things back. You're like, oh, I wish I had that. I know. I know. I know. Yes. Make cleaning up much easier. I loved the little, the baby, the mouse baby um, reenacting Chihiro um, (laughs) stomping on the thing. And I I don't know what, I don't know what the the thing is that she did where she like had her fingers touching and then he like chopped through it. I assume that is just a cultural thing that I don't understand. Yeah. Um, But it was adorable when she did it and also super adorable when the little mouse did it and the shit sprite cut through it. Like, yeah. So cute. Yes. Uh, Oh yeah. I like that the, the baby, uh, like was crying but then he's like you gotta play with me or i'm gonna cry it's like you're not a dumb baby like you know exactly what you're doing but but also it is it's very childlike yeah and but like because of the size and damage that it is capable of doing kind of shows 
how children can be terrifying in that their their morals and stuff aren't necessarily fully locked in yet. Oh no. Like he's like, I'll break your arm. And like, you believe that as a threat, but you also don't necessarily believe that this baby is an irredeemable monster so yeah. much as an immature little kid that doesn't necessarily understand the full extent of like why that would be so awful. <laughs> like Kids are pure ego. They're like, things are about me. Yeah. So it's like, you don't want to play with me. So I do this thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I want to get what I want. And then it gets turned into a mouse and gets to learn a bit more about the world and becomes a chiller character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. It definitely has some good character growth there as, yeah. And less egocentrical. Yes. I wanted to talk a little bit about CGI usage in this film. I thought overall it was done very well. Um, one of the foremost scenes, I, I think, where, where it's used is traveling through the flowers mm-hmm. um, as her and Haku are going through it. And it's kind of just this wall of flowers around them that's moving. Yeah. That, that is, a, they, the characters themselves aren't CG, but the flowers are. Yeah. Um, and it's, it feels really magical. Um, yeah. I think the, the way that the specific point of view that that is, like, just you, it, it, it doesn't disconnect you being CG. It's like the big globs of tears. Like you feel that you're yeah. like, yes, that is a real feeling. Even if that's not exactly how flowers walking through flowers would look. Yeah. That's how it feels. Yeah. Yeah. It, I didn't even realize. So it, it was very well done because I didn't know anything was CGI in this. It's, it's funny. I, in the past, I am fairly certain that I have seen Spirited Away used as an example of why, of like a, an amazing 2D movie that shows why 2D is superior to 3D. And I mean, obviously I prefer traditional animation to 3D animation, but the fact of the matter is this movie is not completely 2D animation. And 3D animation, for one, isn't bad, um, even if I do feel like it's overused currently in Western cinema. But it's also, it's a tool, like any other. Mm-hmm. And Studio Ghibli and Miyazaki, like, d- didn't want to make the whole movie with it, but did want to experiment with it and try to see how it could enhance scenes while not overtaking them and becoming the centerpiece. Yeah, And I think they did a magnificent job. This really shows how, I mean, some of the Disney Renaissance movies, especially later in the decade, were able to do it really well, too, of, like, the integration of 3D to enhance a mostly traditionally animated film is is great. There's no reason not to use that technology once it exists, but there's a difference between throwing a bad-looking CGI ogre into the middle of your movie and, like, seamlessly integrating running through flowers in such a way that your average viewer might not even notice that that is anything other than the type of animation the rest of the movie's in. Yeah. I would agree. It was just beautifully done. Yeah, there were some parts that I felt something felt a little off, like certain doors opening, I think when they took off near the end in the spoiler section, I think that was CG. But overall, it wasn't jarring or anything like that. And like you said, like the flowers is a beautiful integration what would this movie have been like if it were live action do you think you would have enjoyed it as much i think the uh i think the kami or the the spirits would have suffered it would have been i think the whole movie would have suffered i think it would be very difficult to 
have the the feeling of otherworldliness so much at the fore if things had to be grounded in reality in the way that a live action film does. You know, it's going to be a lot harder to buy into this fantastical world if you're having to try to buy into a live actor integrating with whatever effects and uh, set pieces and stuff are built to create these illusions, you know? It's just, it's going to be harder to to buy, and I don't think you're going to be able to go quite as fantastical, or if you are, it's going to be with CGI that isn't going to quite make it work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it would have, it could have been lovely to see some of the the buildings and you know, decorated as like a very lively town, especially at night. But, but yeah, I, I think the, the spirits you, you'd have to either not be so, you know, interestingly designed or like be kind of boring or like people in suits and some of the, the shots with like the parents being pigs, it wouldn't have been as interesting probably. Yeah. I think it would have, I think it just would have been a lot harder to buy into things. I wouldn't necessarily be against seeing something like that, but I I have a hard time believing it could ever be as effective as this was able to be. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And I, I think I made this comment in one of the ones that we saw where the young girl moved to the house and the spirits came. A letter to Momo? Yes. Where that depth of emotions that you know, that animation is able to show in the faces that I don't, I just don't know if you get, especially when it's limited dialogue that you can get with real live actors and actresses. I don't know. I just, yeah, there's a, there's a sort of hyper realism to like the way that she cries and stuff like that, that you can't even get with the best actor because it isn't strictly realistic, but Mm -hmm. the emotion that it conveys hits at a real at a very real place within the viewer you know Mm -hmm. yeah and even the uh, her just a range of emotions that i just don't think you capture with limited dialogue when it it is real life actors doing that as opposed to the animation and and i can't fathom that you all have mentioned also how the the spirits would have have had the the variety and just the unique quality if it had been live action. So yeah, I and, don't, I just. And don't good think. luck with the uh, stink God scene and the, oh, yeah. no, and the no face going on a rampage scenes. Like yeah. good, good luck trying to do that in live action. That'd be difficult to pull off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, was just, I was just thinking about how uh, Chihiro is, is kind of clumsy and there's a lot of physical, acting that she would have to do with the running down the stairs uh in the big tub pulling the water thing like falling down the sides of the tub that yeah that might might be cut uh or are simplified but that they can kind of embellish in in animation yeah yeah and i don't know how how they would make no face not be absolutely terrifying if it hadn't been animation yeah, No Face's whole deal would be very hard to convey, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it I think it just comes down to what animation is best at, which is exaggeration. It's animation is good at exaggerating things in a way that 
isn't strictly realistic, but really hits at the realness of things in your emotions. The realness of a clumsy girl who's like struggling to deal with a situation. It wouldn't actually be directly like that if, if this was, you know, a real person, but you get it. Like you feel, you feel attached to that. Cause you're like, yes, I have seen things like this. I can relate to these emotions. I can relate to what's happening. And honestly, I was just thinking about the scene where uh, Haku comes back and he's uh, being attacked by these paper <sighs> birds and, and kind of the, the blood, the feelings that come from it. Like if that were CG into a live action movie, uh, unless it weren't like you have a uh, never ending story, uh, but you wouldn't be able to have the same kind of kinetic motion. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. Like you, you would have to make sacrifices that would uh, compromise the emotion of the scene, the intensity of the scene. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So because he I mean, he's he's just kind of feral yeah in that in that part and the blood in his mouth yeah and just the way that his body twitches and his and his mouth is and stuff like it it feels real in the sense of like how animals can be when they're like cornered and hurt and stuff Mm -hmm. in a way that if it was a even some sort of practical effect you just it's not going to be the same. Yeah, because a lot of the times, like with uh, Jaws or uh, Star Wars, what comes out of it is like, our practical effect didn't work. We had to do some like interesting filmmaking that really made the scene work, but it was because you couldn't see it or you couldn't see a lot of it. But if you're, but those a lot of the time are the antagonist. If you are needing to feel for the thing like you generally need to see it and you need to understand how it is in in harm's way yeah and something that like a a dragon that would be a hard thing to create and yeah it's not just to create but to animate lifelike and i and i and i use animation in the term of making something that doesn't normally move move so if it was some sort of puppet or or other practical effect to make it move realistically, you're it's never going to be like it is in animation with how it's able to move so f- smoothly and fluidly. Yeah. And and so whatever you're able to come up with, while it might be able to be impressive in its own right, I, I just have a hard time thinking it's going to feel quite as visceral mm. and kind of scary yeah. and distressing as, as it actually felt in the movie. Yeah, no, I would agree. I don't know how you would pull off that that scene. Do we want to go on to sound design? Yes. Joe Hisaishi's music is just immediately great. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's so sad. It's so, it's so good. There's so, there was, I only, I only wrote a comment like early on in the movie where I think they were going on the road before he was whooshing. Um, so just some of the beautiful piano music and stuff that was going, but like just constantly throughout the film, there was moments where I was like, oh, this music is so good. Yeah, <laughs> it's like just... It's- He's he's a he's a amazing composer and does a great job with this movie. It's the the music design is gorgeous. Also the sound design is gorgeous. Yeah, that foley work. Um the way that the music, sound effects and visuals came together during the scene where Haku where she first meets Haku and he tells her to run and then she tries to run and like the way that 
at first she just walks off in the way that the kind of kind of subtle whooshing sound of the lights as they started turning on and then the way that the sound the the foley work and the and the music started ramping up more and more as like she got more and more panicked at this overwhelming situation it was just really well done yeah (laughs) and then also on the other ambient side of things you have the quiet atmospheric train ride with its beautiful piano music that's just so evocative and calming and but it's not it's not just this purely peace feeling. There's a, a little bit of unease too, but it's it's just magical. It's, yeah, to me it was more like resolute. Of yeah. Like, this is what I have to do. And I need to talk some about the train scene um, with some more Miyazaki quotes. He said that the train ride was about the experience of the ride itself. When you take a journey by yourself for the first time, not the landscape through which the train passes. I remember the first time I took the train alone and what my feelings were at the time. To bring those feelings across in the scene, it was important to not have a view through the window of the train, like mountains or a forest, because they are so focused on the ride itself. There are more profound things than simply logic that guide the creation of this story. Yeah, that's that's why the train goes through a big, mostly featureless ocean. <laughs> like, yeah. that's the reason for that, is because... He wants the focus of the scene to be on the train ride itself and how the characters in the train are feeling Mm -hmm. doing that. It's really interesting and really, I mean, it's a great scene. It's very moody and evocative and beautiful. And just to, to, to quote us from a previous episode, (laughs) powerful. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I would, I would agree. It was powerful. (laughs) (laughs) stinker <laughs> i love you i didn't say you i said us to quote us from a previous episode yes um but yeah any oh. anything else here with this the sound section actually i have to wait for spoilers for that spoilies anything else for sound design no just that it was just amazing and i think you you said it perfectly it was just a great combination of of animation sound story everything yeah thank you Mm -hmm. let's move on to the part that our podcast is named after how's it hold up i have literally nothing for this section anything came mind for you guys i don't i don't think so don't i didn't know i guess you could maybe be like the whole pigs thing is like also maybe a little bit fat phobic but i don't see that uh, yeah i, I feel mean, like that's it's, a stretch it's, it's, it's like more about just their greed and consumption like pigs will just eat a bunch but not just that it's like they are turned into things that can be eaten yes that like, too it's not uh, yeah i would say like i think the f- eating the food without having paid for it or whatever that caused them to be ravenous mm-hmm. yeah i mean i don't know if there's a a, a myth of like being tempted and and even thinking to give into it makes you a pig. I, I don't know. But to me, it was this is a means to turn them into something to be consumed. Not so can, only, were all of the pigs then formerly humans? <laughs> I mean, I that's what I'm left to assume. Um, but I don't I'm not sure. It's it's not clear. They aren't, aren't necessarily, but they also might be. Who yeah. knows? I guess the only other thing is maybe you could consider Yubaba's character design to be somewhat anti-Semitic with her hook nose and like the, the big wart or whatever it was and stuff like that. But 
for one, I had no idea to what extent anti-Semitism is or isn't a thing in Japan. I don't, I have no idea, so I can't really speak on that. But against that theory, I would argue in spoiler sections, um, because she's not the only character with that design, basically, would be my counter argument. Um, I don't know. I don't really have anything for this section. Yeah, and to me, it's, yeah, I don't know. I think we can talk about it a little more in spoiler section, but like, I don't yeah, think otherwise that's... Otherwise I don't have anything really to say. Yeah, and I, and I, we've, we've mentioned this in other uh, podcasts. It was in a rural setting, so there's certainly nothing that would, would date it too much, or you'd be like, oh, that technology, because there really wasn't, there wasn't anything that... You know. The only thing that I could see feasibly dating it is the model of the car. If you're someone who looks at car models, mm. is like you'd be able to be like, well, it had to be somewhere in this time area for them to have this sort of car. I guess if you know cars well, I don't, yeah, know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not like she's even like looking at a cell phone or anything. Like, there's nothing to, because it would be probably a flip phone or something at, at that point, 2001, maybe not even a flip phone. But yeah, like. There's not, yeah, there's not anything like that either, technology-wise. Yeah, and you never actually see their house, so <laughs> so that also didn't even date it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was just, yeah, the bathhouse and, and the village. As far as, I don't know, if this doesn't really fit in, I don't know where this fits in, but you were just saying how the parents, you know, it, they're turning into pigs because of greed. They also, though, you know, when we're kind of speculating with, were all the other pigs there humans, the father almost seemed to be driven by the smell. Like he seemed almost mesmerized and compelled and unable to not pursue it. I don't know. That's just I don't know if I'd go so me. far as to extend them the leniency that they were controlled into making the choice that they made. <laughs> okay, that's I, fair. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd go there. Um, I think I think it's definitely meant to be a choice that they made to eat the food. I think it's just, there wasn't much else going on in that town at the time. So it's like, mm, that smells delicious. And also if they're smelling food, then that probably insinuates people somewhere. So that's the, the point to go to. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's fair. He just seemed from even going across the field, he was just like, he was just, he's got a know, keen, he's got a keen sense of smell. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go on to our spoiler alert. Skip to. So uh, continuing what I was talking about earlier with um, the design of Yubaba, uh, Zenibaba or Zenibab, wait, what is her name? Zeniba. Thank you. Uh, Zeniba um, has the same exact design and she's actually like good. So if anything, I think that it's just taking from Western ideas of what a witch looks like rather mm -hmm. than like any sort of. I'd be curious actually to, to see in an art book what he said about it. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. If he's determined that Lynn is a, a white fox, he probably has some sort of notes about what inspired uh, their design. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked the bird, mouse, baby, and no face helping to craft things. Yeah, yes. very cute. That was darling. Oh, that also, was so cute. Also, the little 
the little choo when the when the baby mouse kissed Zeniba's uh, nose. Yes. So cute. Those are my <laughs> only notes for this section, but I'm sure we have other stuff we can talk about. I guess I guess I'd be interested in talking about your guys' interpretation of No Face as a character. Like why No Face be the way No Face be. <laughs> um, which I will say for the spoiler section because, you know, the end of No Face's journey is ultimately staying with uh, Zeniba and seem, he, he seems pretty chill there. Yeah. He seems pretty chill was, on the whole train ride. I love that. He was chill before. He was chill before he got into the... The bathhouse. Bathhouse. And even when he was in the bathhouse, he was just trying to interact with Chihiro. Like, but that was the first time where he started trying to offer her things, which ultimately seemed to spiral into where it ended up. Perhaps. I don't like think he, before that he offered her anything. Well, I mean, he didn't have much to offer her, right? right? but he was just watching. Yeah, and she let him in, and he was just following her around, and it's like, oh, he she needs this? And so he gave her the thing, and she's like, thank you! And that's like positive kind yeah, of interaction. Yeah, and so he's like, oh, she liked that thing. How about all of these things? And she didn't need it. So then he's like, well, what else can I give her? And and I think seeing, oh, people want this gold, then she wants this gold. Yeah. And, and she even commented that he, he wasn't like this until he got into the bathhouse. Exactly. Yes. I, so, and she said, and she even made the comment. You need to, this isn't good for you. You need to get out of here. Yeah. It was basically like the bathhouse was a corrupting influence on him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they mentioned with you, Yubaba, uh, I think it was anybody who who said like, oh, there's something in here. Like, no, no, somebody called on the phone. I don't remember who it was, but it was like all of your greed brought this to you. So like something about the greed corrupted it. Yeah, because he did, he became greedy and insatiable. Uh, as far as wanting to eat and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he totally ate that frog and then he ate a couple other people. Mm-hmm. But then all of just, he kept eating all of the food and he just got huge and he just, and when she walked into that room, it was just, he had just eaten just everything. I mean, it was, uh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it, like... It was it was a, a cycle, right? Because it was being given to him. It's not like he was taking it. They gave him food because he gave them like for the chance to to get this gold, and then I mean he did lure and eat the frog though. That's true. He did do that. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I wonder if that was just to get a voice or or like what prompted that initial. Yeah, I think. I mean, like a like a lot of aspects of the movie, it's certainly left up for interpretation to some degree. Um, like, no, ultimately, no faces, motivations and reasons and desires are vague, and I think it's definitely purposeful that they're that they are that way. I think, and I think there is a, a certain degree of no face that is just inherently unknowable as a as an entity. Like, yeah. I think there's a certain amount of just unable to comprehend w- why it is the way it is. Yeah, and I'd be curious to know if there are any um, like background myths or stories to know the the motivation for something like that. Sure. Um, yeah. Here's a thought and observation. Uh, Chihiro seemed to bring out. She seemed to have the ability to bring out the best in the characters because she certainly seemed to, you know, be able to get no face back on track. 
She certainly seemed to bring out the best in the baby and the little little, little bird helper. And even she was able really to heal even, the the stink spirit, which wasn't a stink spirit. Yes, yes, and yeah, which that was a different entity. That wasn't uh, Haku. No, it was, it was a totally another. Different. It was another river. Yes, the river spirit. But um, and then she even seemed to bring out. You know, Haku was was good, but I think she even brought out the best in him too. Hey, segue, we should talk about Haku being a river spirit. Yeah, no, that's a really good point that seeing the the river spirit, the famous one that uh, Chihiro heals or helps, you know, heal, like connecting, oh, they're both dragon type creatures. Maybe Haku is a river spirit. Yeah. Let you know beforehand, even before they discover that. Right. Uh, and, and they say it out loud. I didn't yeah. even think about that. But yes, he they have met before because he she she was drowning in him. Uh, <laughs> and he helped push her to shore. Yes. <laughs> and then they said, and then they're like, "We should we should one day meet again." So it's how like, it's, how's that gonna? I don't know how that'll go, but awesome. <laughs> I know. Had he ever been human? Didn't he say he had or not? I don't think so. I think I he was just a river spirit. Okay. Yeah. And then no, he they like s- wanted. To learn a spell or something. They, yeah, they just said he showed up because he wanted to be her apprentice. Like, really no specific motivation. Uh, and is it to be her apprentice to to see Chihiro again? Or was that just a coincidence? I would think it's a coincidence. Because yeah. he does try to make her leave immediately when she when he sees her, so. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I don't think he, he brought her there or anything. Sure, but I don't think he, like knew that she would one day show up. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's anything that would insinuate that. So, uh, Well, so then taking someone's name was applicable to humans as well as spirits then, yes. I'm assuming. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a thing that Yubaba regularly does with all the contracts that she has. Okay. What do we ultimately think of old Yubaba? She's an interesting character. Yeah, I mean, she she was a fun, fun antagonist because she definitely and multifaceted because she could be terrifying. But then she, you know, she she could be somewhat endearing as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I said, I think she's pragmatic and, and greedy. And greedy, yeah. Yeah, she's like, I, you know, want things. Uh if you help me do those things, I will, you know, appreciate that. She has the, like, luxurious area of the bathhouse that she lives in, which yes. is especially contrasted with her sister, who just... I mean, it's a relatively big house, but it's a pretty plain little house. Yeah, yes. like, no, that's like a more cottage, more adventure-type yeah. situation, where she is elevated above people. She's at the top floor. Oh, very good point. In this very fancy suite, and, and she's just managing things. When she, like, pulls Chihiro and you, like, she, like, goes down a hallway and then to the side and down more hallways where you mm-hmm. can see, like, more offshoots. And you're like, wow, this place is huge. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, no, I don't think she's totally bad or, or evil necessarily. But, but yeah, like, very greedy and yeah. um, makes deals 
and wants those deals to be ultimately for her benefit. Yeah. Like, truly. And, and then at the end, she's like, I can't just, like, let her go. That's not how the magic works. Yeah, yeah. She's like, but don't hate me, my child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, of course, none of those pigs are her parents. Of course. None of them are even, like, actual pigs. Yeah, it's just so rude. <laughs> her her, her uh, staff actively boos her. They're like, we don't want this. Yeah. She's like, I can't. I have to. Yeah. Like, this is just who I am, guys. (laughs) This is how the magic works, okay? Yes, I made the magic. I made the magic work this way, but I can't undo it. It's in the contract. (laughs) Read it. Yes. She also seemed to be a good mother and a caring mother. Well, a doting mother. A doting mother. A doting mother. But she also didn't notice that her kid was replaced until, like, Haku really made her think about it. Yes. And also, she's like, oh, you can walk? Like, she doesn't want her kid to be necessarily self-sufficient. Right. She just wants to placate or like thinks that raising her baby is giving him everything that he wants such that this baby doesn't choose to walk and, and keeping them away and sealed because everything else germs or whatever yeah, is dirty. Uh, So she's doting, I would say. I think she is doting and to some degree cares, but she definitely has a ways to go before she can be a good parent. Yeah, because right, I can. Yeah, and I and thanks. I mean, I, I think that's the best way to qualify it. I wouldn't characterize her as, which I may have said, a good mother, but she certainly definitely takes her role as a mother. She, you know, she's keeping the kid alive. I mean, she seems to love the kid or and and. and want the kid to be safe because she just went just lost it when she thought yeah that he was her gone. parenting method is just flawed yeah yeah and and it seems to be a bit distant yes uh because if again like if she were to care and and pay attention in a, in a meaningful way she would have realized that this thing that's just eating candy and 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 sweets and whatever wasn't actually her baby trying to connect and be like you know, like, oh, how was your day? Getting yeah. some sort of answer from it rather than like, oh, you're not crying and not kicking things in. Great. Yeah. And, and like, you are safe in this room. Fine. Like, that's good enough. Uh, and then it's like, oh, actually, you're not my baby. You're just three heads that were turned into my baby. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Uh, where are you, baby? Um, yeah. I think the last thing that we definitely need to talk about here in the spoiler section is the end. Because I think it is definitely something that people have talked about a lot before in terms of how to interpret it. Obviously, they they go back through the tunnel and there's like leaves and stuff all over their car and and it's uh, dusty inside because the windows were down. um, And the structure that the tunnel is part of is is like kind of overgrown and stuff. So there's a definite question of how long they were in there yeah and what the life that they're about to go back to is at this point and i think you can certainly try to interpret it very darkly um in terms of like oh there's like so many years have passed or it's been decades or or centuries even but i don't lean towards that interpretation i think it's more likely to me that the overgrowth on the passageway was always there but was like for magical reasons wasn't showing to like show the true age of this and 
in all likelihood, their car's been there for a couple of days. <laughs> that That's how I interpret you it. It's like, they yeah. probably hasn't been decades or anything here. Like, I, I feel like that would be a little bit too dark for what Miyazaki, the tone that Miyazaki clearly had for this film. Yeah, you think maybe maybe some close family was concerned because they hadn't heard from sure. them. Maybe it Movers was... are very confused. Like, you need to, like, sign off on some things. Yeah, yeah, like... <laughs> yeah. Maybe some friends are like, I haven't heard from Chihiro for a while. She said she was going to write a letter. Yeah. But but not, like, all out. Oh, this I family been... disappeared no. ten years ago. I think and... <laughs> it's been days, maybe, like, a week or something. Like, I don't think it's been that Maybe long. they decided to take a little vacation on their movie or it's like, yeah, we don't have anything to do. Like, let's... Yeah, I think they definitely have some some phone calls to make to, to concerned friends and family <laughs> but not like, oh, we thought you were dead because it's been so long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I'd agree with what, given what you, you read about what he said, that it the intention wasn't to like and then, like, they come to this gritty new world. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, no, she uh, persevered through things, like, you know, pulled from inside of herself something that she didn't know she had, and, and saved herself and her family, and this, this shows a consequence of, yes, something happened. Like, if it were all the same, then it's like, was this even real? But it's like, no, time passed. Something happened. And also, yeah. she did have... Yeah, she had the thing in her hair. Yeah, she had a new hairband that... That uh, it definitely, like, shimmied in the light several times yeah. to, like... Yes, it's definitely yeah, so the it's new like one. You, this wasn't a dream. This wasn't fake. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Even if your parents aren't going to remember anything. Yeah, they're, they're going like, to be very confused about whatever <laughs> amount of time has passed. Yeah, they're like, hurry up! As, like, you don't show any sort of, like, gratitude for me saving your butts. But they okay. Don't, they don't know nothing about <laughs> I it. I know. Anything else here for spoiler section? Other than I think you have uh, mentioned, I, I'm so happy that No Face stayed with Zaniba. I think that was a great fix. Because I think, you know, when we're speculating as to no faces what his deal was i think a lot of it was just jahira was one of the first entities or beings that had paid it any attention and and shown it any care maybe and it was just a really lonely little or big it could make itself big uh but spirit yeah no and i mean it definitely like cried out lonely at one point so definitely i think loneliness is part of its whole deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will say uh, one of the Foley things I missed is whenever they got to um, Zeniba's house, the lamp, the Foley on that was great. <laughs> oh, it was like I a squeak, loved that. A thunk of its little walk and then the clank of the light. So just like truly the sounds in this movie. So good. The sound was like that things, the sound and just the visuals of it was its only, that was its character. It didn't have a voice, but the sounds were basically its voice. Yeah. Okay. That was it. Anything for you, Mom? I don't think so. Other than I absolutely loved uh, Zaniba's house. Um, and just, I, I loved that that lamppost. It was just amazing. Yeah, I love it. Truly, it like, she gets, she gets introduced and, and yeah, you're like, oh, she's bad because she's hurting Haku. But, yeah, the turn of this is, like, actually, she's the good one. Yeah. <laughs> she's just kind of protecting herself. And that thing, you thought that she put a curse on Haku. No, actually, that was... I think there might have been, like, a 
a ward of you're gonna feel bad when you have my thing that you took yeah but nothing beyond that yeah like the the thing that uh, Chihiro smushed was from Yubaba not yes. Saniba so that was interesting yeah um, that's it all right no more spoilers then let's go on to favorites and least favorites hope you've been thinking of this mom what was your least favorite scene in the movie Y'all are going to have okay. to go first. Yeah. Okay. So I think mine was the parents like starting to eat uh, the food from the thing. Like that sort of part of it. Like going into the world was very interesting or whatever. But I mean, this movie's so Once good. they were sitting down and just starting to devour. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I'd I agree mean, too because I was trying to think and I'm like, I just love this movie so much. Yeah. Like, yeah what? It's, it's so good. I have to pick. I think that. Yeah. And it's only just because like. Because I also thought, like, the the part where you see that they've turned into pigs, except I really like everything surrounding exactly. that. And it's kind of an inherent horror aspect of that whole scene. So I, yes. I like that. But yeah, like, the part where they're still human, and they're, like, sitting down and just starting to munch, and he's, like, piling up the plates. Yeah, he's it's like, got I got plates. cash and credit cards. And it's yes. like, yeah, like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you in this moment, Chihiro. This is annoying. Stop it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, we yeah. Yeah. I, I would have to concur that to me, that whole, that whole scene, well, the, them going there because the lack of listening or ca- lack of caution and lack of even caring what um, Chihiro's going through, they just didn't care, seemed to care and listen. You know, the dad was just one tracked and, you know, I want to go here, blah, blah, blah. And again, it's like, yeah, I've got the credit cards. I got this and that. And yeah, just just totally self-absorbed, I feel like, or just being very, very selfish and really not being good parents. I didn't like that scene. Favorite scene? Oh, mine I'm going to say is when Chihiro is trying to get a job. So that's going to encompass her going, I I made it big. I made it very broad so you can get a lot of good (laughs) things in there. Uh, Going to Kamaji, stuff with the soot sprites, and then having to being brought up the stairs by Lynn. That's a lot of scenes. I don't care. It's all good. <laughs> uh, getting up the elevator to, with Lynn, and Lynn is, like, distracting the the frog guy, and she's like, if any, if the guests need to go up, they need to pull the latch, and so she goes up, and then you get the cool turnip spirit who's like, go ahead, like, this isn't my stop, and then everything with um, Yubaba. So, that's mine. He's referred to as a radish spirit. Radish, sorry. No, it's. I mean, he's never named or anything in the film. Yeah, but that big guy is like, go for it. (laughs) I think my favorite is a scene that I called out earlier. Basically, when she first meets Haku, and he's like, "You need to get out of here," and like the, just the way that the mood of that scene shifts so suddenly. Yeah. And then it's also our introduction to Haku. And I, I'll, I'll extend the scene a little past where it probably actually ends and go to him comforting her after that, where you like are like, wow, this guy's really, he's a good dude, huh? Yes, yes. And then yeah. his whole like trying to get her into there. So basically from the moment that she first meets Haku to the moment where he has to leave her to, to go distract or whatever, that's my favorite. I think that's my favorite, that's which good. isn't to say uh, it gets worse after that. Just to say, I really enjoy that scene. It really pulls me into the world and caring about him and her as characters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it's just continues to be amazing after that. So yep. yeah. And second favorite would probably be the train ride. Uh, the train ride is very good. Yeah. It's very pretty. Well, I love y'all scenes. I think my favorite, which 
it started, it was a continuation, but where he gave her the rice and they were, uh, and he was comforting her. But when she goes, when he gives her the, the clothes to change into and she, she runs back and then she's just hugging them. She's fallen asleep. She's with the little soots. And then what was that character's name? He puts the blanket on her. Kamachi. Yes. Just because she's, she's like hugging onto the, the clothes that Haku gave her and she's there. And with Kamaji the puts the little blanket over. Yeah. I just, that just, that just touched my heart so much. I just love that. Yeah. Yeah. Shortly after that, Lynn came in as like, is she, you know, I think. No, yeah, maybe. I yeah. So. I think it was like, is she okay? Or where's she, you know, I've been worried about She's like, about oh, what you. happened in here? <laughs> yeah. No, that was a. No, that was later oh, when, you're right. that when was she was saving. The dragon. Okay, but, with Haku. But, yeah, I don't remember. If but I think, I think Lynn popped in as like, I was worried about you. Where were you or something? But yeah, I just love that. Um, who was your least favorite character? Just one. Oh man, I was gonna say all those frogs. Those to me, the, to me, the dad. You can say Sorry. that. Sorry, mine is. I'm gonna say the dad. Sorry, I don't like. I didn't. I needed to hear more about Valerie's frog hat. I just don't like the frogs. <laughs> They're just so mean. It's like, oh, you don't get a tag. Uh, oh yeah, like she frog needs was a was tag. A, was a mean yeah, to give her a tag. And then thankfully, no face is like, here's that tag you want, and you know what? Here's a bunch of other tags. <laughs> You like tags? I got tags. <laughs> yeah, you know, I may be kind of somewhat getting swayed towards your way because the frogs were the meanest. I think my least favorite is the most frog-like one. The little green frog you guy. Yeah, the one that gets eaten. Yeah, because what does he even do? He gets eaten. He gets eaten and also he like notices that she's a human first and gets oh. bubbled. And, yeah. it's like, and it's like... Be a better character, man. <laughs> What's your deal? But but no, in general, the frog guys are just mean. Yeah, <laughs> like he's the, not really mean necessarily, but he's. But he was going to think on her. Absolutely. Well, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but no, the frog guys. I think I would actually. I think agree. I, and the the the. I think she said they were slug ladies. Those oh, really? were mean girl type people, but I think they're generally okay. I'm more willing to overlook girls being mean. That's just the lesbian in me. Yeah. So rude. <laughs> what? Rude, not rude. How am I rude? Uh, <laughs> I'm just gay. That's true. Very gay. So yes, that's... We, if the, Those the staff, frog guys. The, 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 the staff frogs. Yeah. Boo. Are you on that on that page oh, or right. or still the she doesn't the like father? <laughs> no, I think I've switched over to frogs. I, I'm not a fan of the parents or the dad, but I think I do want to talk about the parents. They just weren't I, in it that much. I don't hate them. I don't, and either. I think they're probably generally better parents than this snippet of them that we see, because I don't I don't again want to extend to them the idea that. All of the choices that they made leading up to turning into pigs were made for them. Yeah. But I definitely think there was some degree of magic that was, like, part of what was enticing them. Is, like, I think it was calling to some part of the kind of greed within them that enticed them to go to this place and to potentially pay a little less attention to Chihiro than they might otherwise have. You definitely still have, like... As they're going through the tunnel, she's like, stop squeezing my arm so much. Yeah. But it's like also 
different parenting styles. Like, she's not necessarily a bad mom for that. No. And I don't think that either of them are necessarily bad people or bad parents generally. They just have vices that they give into. Yeah. And so they're more, it's more of a cautionary tale and an, and a necessary, this is a story about a little girl dealing with a situation, so her parents need to be taken out of the picture. Yeah. Um, but I imagine, I imagine, like, the da- the kind of, the snippet that I got of the dad, he like seems like a fun-loving doof kind of dude. Yeah, like, I agree. I I, th- I think they'd probably be if if there was a greater movie that I saw where they were more central characters. I'm sure I would see them as flawed individuals, but ultimately still enjoy them. Yes, no, I agree about the dad. I think, I think it little adventurous of like, oh, this is neat. Like, and let's the bit that you this. got of like she, the mom clearly feels that way too because he, he she ends up being like, oh yeah, let's do it. like she goes along yeah, with and, it. and it's like, oh, we should have brought our lunch. Like they, yeah. it's like, oh, they seem to like to, to kind of discover things and just like be in a place and I'm like, oh, this is new and nice. Uh, but like with the mom, I didn't like how she seemed a bit dismissive of Chihiro. Certainly, with the, you know not wanting to be clung to. But but saying it in such a dismissive way. And then in the car, I felt like maybe they, you know, like she's moving and she's upset. She's like, I liked my old school. And you know, it's a situation where it's like, it's we didn't move because you didn't like your old school. <laughs> right. We're moving for some other reason outside of that. But but kind of the way that they dismiss her. And it, it's, yeah, I think they're not awful evil parents. They're just they like, certainly are. I, I get the sense that they are definitely better parents than Yubaba is. Yeah, for yeah, instance. they're 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 flawed, and I like like certain vices of theirs were were you know pulled and tugged to get them uh, away from yeah. the story. So, yeah, yeah, so I, yeah, I, I, agree. I agree. I yeah, no, I I absolutely agree. And and the frog, the frog guys were. You know, we're making that choice, Butt and they, they were saying, yeah, they were saying foo faces the whole time. Boo so. frog guys. Boo frog guys. Yeah. Um, this movie wasn't a musical, but there was a song in the credits, and I just wanted to be like, that was I pretty song. List, it was beautiful, and I read the lyrics, and I just almost cried. It's Always With Me, <laughs> written and performed by Yomi Kimura. Uh, lyrics by Wakako Kaku, who is a friend of hers. Aww. And um, yeah, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Very beautiful. Definitely a very fitting way to end the movie. Mm-hmm. If Tim Curry voiced a character <laughs> in this movie, who would he have voiced? And I did look it up, and he is not part of the official English dub. Um, <laughs> I got one. The little green frog. Because then No Face would have been, that would have been his voice for a little bit. Uh, that's a good point. Sold. <laughs> 100% sold. <laughs> Sorry for how that's probably not super fun audio to listen to, but I was very excited, audience. Yes. So that little green frog, No Face eats him, and then No Face gets to have Tim Curry voice for a little bit. Very down with that. Uh, or Kumaji, the uh, spider guy. I could definitely see that. Kumaji. That'd be a, that'd be a more more kindly Tim Curry. Yes, either is good. Those are my, those are my bits. <sighs> I don't know. Well, I mean, I have to, for old time's sake, say Yubaba. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, old ladies, Tim Curry playing old ladies. I gotta go. I gotta go funny. with that. That would be interesting. And I mean, I think he could do a pretty good job. Yeah, I think he could definitely, definitely for do For Yubaba it. and... Uh, Zeniba. Zeniba. I think, I think he could do good with both of them. So yeah. That wouldn't be my first pick, but I do have to go with the l- little old ladies. My first pick... See, my first pick would have been Kamaji, but you really sold me on the frog so that then he voices No Face for a while. That or he could be No Face's little, uh, 
Oh. <laughs> no, that's too much. No. <laughs> that's too much, babe. No, no, no. <laughs> I think my choices are going to be either Kamaji or the dad. Mm, I could see the dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he wouldn't be in as much of the movie, but that would be a fun little memorable beginning. With yeah, him. yeah. Where he's like, hey, let's do this. Yeah, and yeah. That'd be fun. That's I a good see one. that. Then he'd have even, then he'd, the dad would make me uh, think even more of uh, Wild Thornberries, of that dad. <laughs> Just kind of the adventurous uh, dork. Recklessly yeah, adventurous, yeah. 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 It's like, maybe you shouldn't do this? Nah, it's fine. <laughs> All right, let's go on then to our overall consensus. We didn't do favorite character. We didn't do favorite character. How did we skip that? I don't know. How did we skip that? Let's go back to favorites and least favorites for a bit. Favorite character. Somehow I forgot to ask. I'm glad I had to chart this I guess time. we just talked so much about disliking the frogs and then about the parents that we just, that I just forgot. Favorite character for me? Haku. He's so dreamy. <laughs> uh, valid. Yeah, I, I'm kind of, I'm tied um, between uh, Chihiro and Haku. I just love them both so much. No, she's really great. Truly. She's like so timid, but, but so kind of earnest and straightforward and, and, and truly strong. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, she's good too. And I also love Kamaji and I love Lynn. There's a lot of good characters. There's a lot of good characters. I think, I think, yeah, if I picked one, it would be Chihiro. Yeah. 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 And if I have to, have to, have to pick, I, I think... I'll go with Chihiro, but it's a very, very close tie with Haku. Definitely. Thank you for reminding me that I forgot this bit, babe. I'm glad I had a little chart to know that I didn't get to say Haku was dreamy again. (laughs) Take a shot. No, don't take a shot. Cut that out. Take a shot for how many times Valerie says dreamy. (laughs) Or specifically that Haku is dreamy. Let's go into our overall consensus and what we would rate the movie. Don't have that. Who wants to go first? Mm Mm-hmm. It's a hard one. Dun, 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 dun. I can't do that. That's probably copyrighted. Well, I may just have to go out there and say I absolutely 100% would recommend this with no caveats. I mean, it's just absolutely wonderful. And I think I'm going to have to give it a perfect four. I just... A perfect uh, no, four? No, a perfect five. A perfect five. What am I saying? <laughs> a perfect five. <laughs> do you want to take that again? Yeah. I would absolutely recommend it with no caveats. And I think I'm going to have to give it a perfect five. Yeah, I think, of course, of course, I'd recommend this. Yeah, I think I'd have to give it a five, too. Like, I mean, it's, yeah, it's obviously a different story than Totoro, which I think we pretty much all gave fives to. Yes, we did all give it. That was our only other movie that has had all fives. Yeah, Yeah, but, um, but it's, it's told so well, like, uh, story-wise, things aren't really superfluous. One big scene gives you, you know, an, an item or something for other scenes. Characters are all great. It's beautiful. The uh, sound, music, it just makes this wonderful movie. Yeah. No, like, trans misogyny or sexism or whatever that bogs a lot of otherwise great movies down. Oh, yeah, <laughs> just like an unfortunate, like, wish they wouldn't have done this. Like, no, it's just, just beautiful, lovely. Yeah, I agree. I'd obviously recommend it. And yeah, I mean, this is going to be our second Studio Ghibli Hayao Miyazaki movie that we're giving all fives to. But like, it's it's an amazing yeah, movie. It's amazing. Uh, so yeah, five. 
five for me it's just it's very good is the thing and i i guess what i would say is that if my neighbor totoro isn't your cup of tea because it's more slice of life sedate slice of life ish then i would still recommend giving this a shot like don't think that all those studio ghibli movies aren't for you because this one definitely has an engaging plot and through line um both in terms of characters and the actual plot like there's there's stakes and there's interesting yeah. plot momentum in a way that isn't true of My Neighbor Totoro, which is also still great, but is a different sort of movie. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is also in some ways a different sort of movie, but like it definitely has, yeah, it, it has. It has weight, I guess. And sure. there's lots of interesting characters and yeah. Like, it's gorgeous. The music's amazing. The characters are great and interesting and it's just a good movie, y'all. This it is, is a work I of literally, art. I think I'm going to watch it again tonight. <laughs> I literally, I mean, that's it valid. is so yeah, it's, it's just it, so good. It is just so good. I just, I just feel like I want to see it again. I just feel like it went by I mean, too I fast. I need to, I certainly need to rewatch all of Studio Ghibli's stuff and watch in some cases, because I've pretty much just seen Miyazaki's work to, to say for certain. But I feel like this probably is my favorite studio ghibli movie i just it's just great like it's just so nice to watch you just watch it and you're like yes this is amazing yeah and it doesn't i think it's how long is this movie i don't know right at two hours hours. i know it's somewhere right it doesn't it doesn't feel that long though like it's just a you you get pulled into it and you don't feel the length of it you just you know, want to know what happens. Yeah, yeah, and like, I mean, I there's I know that there's some other Studio Ghibli movies that I love, or even um, Miyazaki. Like, I love his uh, Lupin the Third movie. Um, I I love Princess Mononoke. I love Howl's Moving Castle, but I don't think I love any of them quite as much as I love this. And it had admittedly been years since I watched this, so like, I wasn't it wasn't as sharp in my mind that oh, man, I just really love this movie. But rewatching it now, it's like, yeah, this is. This is an amazing movie. This is a masterpiece. Yep. Uh, everyone yep. should watch it. It's great. Even if this isn't your favorite uh, Studio Ghibli or Miyazaki movie, I hope that you can acknowledge that the artistry that was employed to create this thing is impressive. It's just great. Yep, I agree. Next time, we will um, be covering a movie involving... A, lots of music and post-apocalypse and my and mouse people mm. so next time oh okay i'm <laughs> <laughs> i am not my brain is not not making the connecting those dots <laughs> next time yeah. also thanks for listening oh yes thank, thank you. you for listening love, love y'all very much love, love. love y'all love. and appreciate y'all and please please like us you know subscribe Tell your friends and then stay really safe, you all. Yeah. This world right now. Yeah. Well, bye. (laughs) (laughs) This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 2790566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. 
The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H.com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.